Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, if you caught the first episode, part one of this, um, I'm sure you guys are excited to see what we're going to get into this time. Um, we covered a lot of current events and things that are going on behind the scenes, but this time we're actually going to get into Dan's time in the programs, his SSP testimony, how he was involved. Um, you're, I guess you were a senior security tech advisor to the Earth Alliance in the Secret Space program. Is that correct? Do I have that? wrong or no but that's a different that that's not the 20 and back okay so that i that's not what you did in the programs okay no i got you. no that that happened in 1985 when oh. uh when the white hats had me um uh, teach china how to do business uh, they brought okay. the finance minister to me on december 1985 and that's a long story but that's not in the program. That's okay. with the white, that's I, I with mis- the white hats. I misunderstood that. Um, okay. Yeah. Whenever you were working with the Earth Alliance, I thought it was part of the program. So forget I said that. Let's get into um, how you got into the programs um, and what this all looked like for you, how you got your memories back. Um, right. All, all of the above. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we all want to hear it. Sure. So in uh, 19, I was born in 1953, but I was genetically engineered. And there's actually photos of uh, the scientists that engineered me. My father, my father was a Air Force photographer, and he took a lot of photos in the secret space program and films in the secret space program. So a lot of the films you'll see in the future were actually taken were actually taken by my father. Um, so in 1953, I'm born, but I was genetically engineered by Japanese geneticists that were trained by the Greys on how to to genetically engineer a super soldier specifically. And the reason that was done in Japan was because the Nazis had gotten out into, uh, they'd gone well into the galaxy and they'd run across different warrior species, a lot like the Draco reptilian warrior species who have realms. When we say a realm, we're talking about many solar systems, not just one solar system. And a lot of the uh, warrior species, they have realms that are exceed 1,000 solar systems. One second, We're we're getting a really weird noise right now. That's a motorcycle. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait till wait till it passes. Never mind. Then keep talking. Sorry, I just want to make sure it wasn't something with yeah. the audio. Keep no. going. Yeah, it's a motorcycle outside. 
which is kind of interesting, but I'll be passed. So he should pass. Yeah, he stops his motorcycle. Okay. So <clears throat> a realm might be anywhere between a thousand solar systems or even more. The draconian realm actually covers millions of planets in thousands of solar systems. But uh, some of the realms that we, what the, what the Nazis went into, the United States went into, are very similar to the situation that Randy Kramer talked about on Mars, where there was a reptilian species that said, well, you can't stay here and you can't have any colonies here unless you participate in uh, com combat, hand-to-hand, -hand, actually sword fighting combat competitions. And um, that, because, you know, they call it fight to the truth. And that's what Randy said, fight to the truth, which is, well, if the planet wants you here, then you will win the competitions. And so that's what the United States did on Mars with Randy Kramer and, and uh, the super soldiers with that, with, with that group would do actually sword fighting competitions, sword fighting tournaments and competitions with the reptilian species that were there. Uh, and and we're, the only reason we have colonists on Mars is because we were successful in those competitions. Anyway, so the Nazis went out throughout the galaxy and they would run across other species like that, that would have similar rules where you can't stay here, you can't visit. And you're not welcome here. You can't travel through our space. And when you're talking about a thousand solar systems, there's no shortcut around the uh, around their realms. You want to go through their realms. You want traveling rights. In order to get traveling rights, we had to engage in meaning the Nazis and the U.S. Uh, military, U.S. Air Force at the time, uh, and U.S. Navy contingents, specifically a dark fleet. They had to fight sort. They had to engage in sword fighting competitions with their best. Uh, and they didn't do well. The Nazis didn't do well at all. They weren't really good sword fighters. Um, the saber fighting techniques weren't very, weren't successful against the reptilian fighters. So they were told, you're really not welcome here until you can come up with better fighters. So what happened was the Nazis went back and they went to the Japanese and the Japanese were really good at sword fighting. So were the Shaolin uh, monks and the Shaolin monks had been kicked out of China uh, during the communist revolution. So, um, they went to the Shaolin monks and they went to the Japanese uh, sword fighters. And then they wanted those people to train uh, super soldiers that were genetically engineered by the Greys. Anyway, my brother, my brother and I, my twin brother and I, David, we were, we were of the first batch of super soldiers genetically engineered and trained by Japanese Shaolin sword fighters to engage in those uh, um, sword fighting competitions in those particular realms. And so we were genetically engineered specifically for that purpose in 1953. And then when you're two years old, after two years old, you're actually, you actually get, you're actually trained from the age of two. From the age of two, they start training you right away. So where, where are you? I'm in Japan. In, in, so you were born in Japan. In Japan. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. I was born on Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, which is in New York. Okay. And then we were, and then we were shipped over to Japan to be trained. So you were born right into this. Yes. Okay. So this wasn't like like the other stories where you, you just were taken one night and no, 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 no. The dark fleet super soldiers are not drafted. They're genetically engineered. There are no dark fleet soldiers that are drafted. You are trained, you are genetically engineered, and then and then you're trained right away from the age of two. So yeah, there's no drafting of dark fleet soldiers. So then you were just basically grown up in the Air Force then? Yeah. Okay. My father was an Air Force uh, uh, sergeant photo and in charge of the photo labs. And then he was a secret space program photographer. And I have some of the photos of the deep underground bases and of the, the Japanese uh, uh, geneticists who engineered me. They actually have a, he actually patented 
Did you want to see that that photo another time? We'll do that. We'll do photos another time. We can. I'll send, I'll send them to you ahead of time before we pop up photos. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually have photos of the training and training facilities. I have photos of the actual base where I was genetically engineered and originally trained, and then photo a photo photos of the genetic engineers, the genetic engineer who genetically engineered us, Japanese engineer, and they and they and they, and they actually showed the patents. They they actually patented, like Randy Kramer said, they patent you. They patent your genetic engineering. It's patented. And uh, Randy and Randy Kramer talked about that too. You're genetically engineered, and they so, patent that. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so then, so at age two, how do they train a two-year-old? Is it just? Oh not- wow! Well, in the beginning, they they want you to walk and run right away. So what they do is with us, they actually gave my father a dog that was specifically trained, um, and the dog's name is Major, and I can show you the pictures. And so what the dog does is they 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 nudge you to get you to stand. And then you hold on to the dog. I'm telling you about the original training. You want to know right from the beginning. They do yeah, it. Right yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. So the dog, so the dog makes you the dog nudges you to you'll stand and grab onto him. And then the dog walks. So you you learn you learn how to walk and run at a very early age. And swim. And then I, uh, my brother David swam the channel. We were national champion water polo players together. So during the day you do certain things and during the evening you actually get transported down to the base and you get you that's where you get your military training in the evening. And then they regress you time-wise. They 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 uh send you back in time so you get a full sleep cycle. And and then they transport you back into your daytime life. And then in your daytime life, they don't let you engage in military activities. They they have you engage in sports because they don't want anybody to know your military capabilities. They don't want anybody to know you can fight. They definitely don't want anybody to know you can fight. So are you living uh, a normal life on the surface at that point? Yes. Going through a schooling yes. system? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Except that, you know, we're, we're exceptional at everything, you know, straight A students, uh, you know, uh, whatever sport we entered into, we were, they don't want you in football because football players get noticed. So they had us swimming and playing water polo during the day. Oh, okay. Water polo is a very energetic sport. Um, and then and nobody notices water polo players. They didn't during the period. During the during that period when we were playing water polo, um, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Oh, okay, interesting. So, so they, they, have, they they don't want the super soldiers to get noticed. So they don't let you play sports that get noticed. Well, that's what um somebody Ivan Teller calls the Super Bowl, like the Super Soldier Bowl. He said some of those guys are like are genetically engineered. Is that I wonder if that's true or not. Um, some of these top athletes we see, not just in the Super Bowl, but in other sports also. Yeah. Um, okay, so then your what does your training look like? At what point do you eventually actually enter the programs and then? You get deployed at 17 and a half. Okay. And now I was deployed from the New York Athletic Club. I, I, I played water polo at the on the men's first team, international men's first team, where we won every international tournament we entered. I'm 16 years old. And I'm playing the center guard position, which is the fighting position. And I'm 16 years old playing this top men, world-class men's team. And our two commanding officers, Hans and Berner, uh, the colonel and the lieutenant colonel, they basically said, yeah, we're Nazis. And they told us about them being Nazis and the, and the war. And, uh, uh, but, and we got deployed with them. They were our two commanding officers. We didn't know that at the time. We were playing water polo with our two commanding officers. Werner uh, uh, had won the Olympics for Germany as the center forward and Hans was one of the guards on that Olympics 
Olympic championship team. And so it was an honor to actually play water polo with these two guys at 16 in interna men's international tournaments. Um, so then it's, uh, we played water, water polo at 16, 17. We both got our All-American certificates for our play with the New York Athletic Club. And we got actually deployed right out of the locker room from, uh, you know, you beamed up to the ship and then the ship takes off and you're gone for 20 years. And then we we actually stayed on board that cruiser and uh, other cruisers. Uh, that's where that's where we were stationed is on the cruiser. We weren't stationed on any stations. We were, we got, um, we went around all kinds of missions from our, from the cruisers that we were stationed on. So we were always, our, and our commanding officers were always Hans and Berner, the Colonel and Lieutenant Colonel who originally played water polo with. So, so at so 17 you, and a half, we were deployed. And you guys consented to that. You were okay with it. Did you have, no, no, they didn't, we didn't, we didn't know when, when you get beat up, well, we had been trained in the program the whole time. So the consent was done. You see, when, when they train you during the night, they wipe your memory of the training so that you, when you go to school during the day, you don't know any, any of that's happened. So the consent happened after 17 and a half years of training. We were training 17 and a half years, and we were top, mar top, mar top martial artists being sword fighting martial artists uh, because that's specifically what they trained us to do was fight with swords. We, they, also fight, they also taught us to, to fight like the Apache. We had two Apache instructors who taught us how to run through rocks. Because that was one of the other things the Nazis couldn't do. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't chase the reptilians through the rocks, and the reptilians would, uh, the reptilian teams could always escape through the rocks. And so one of the things they, one of the things they wanted to teach us was how to run through the rocks. It's, it's highly advanced parkour. It's, uh, the Apache call it rock run, rock two, and rock three, meaning uh, the difficulty in running through the rocks. The, the different moves that you make to the different rocks is has three three grades rock one rock two and rock three the apache call it rock one rock two and rock three but it's literally running through rocks like you can't imagine you have no idea it's 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 running the four minute mile through uh rock terrain rocks that most people would bear could barely even crawl through and we're running through at full at full bore in order to be able to chase down the reptilian uh combatants that we were after that was one of the competitions was to be able to run through the rocks nazis couldn't do it so they had the apache uh Two of Geronimo's 16, uh, where our actual actual instructors were the, the two of the men that ran with Geronimo and his 16 warriors, uh, they taught us how to run like the Apache and how to fight like the Apache. And all very, very useful techniques in all of the uh combatant, all the battles that we did in through the 20 and back years, all that, all that education was necessary. So after 17 and a half years of combat training. Uh, you then they said they put an agreement for you, a big stack like that, like like Randy told you. They put it for you. Have you signed? You just sign it. You don't think anything. You've been in the military for seventeen. You've already been trained in the military for seventeen years, and you and you know you're one of the very best there are, because you are. I mean, you know it. You know it because the 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 instructors are the very best in the world, and they tell you, you you're the best, and the and you fight. They actually have you do competitions, both during the day during the nighttime, and then you have a final uh, exam. In the daytime, and I, my final exam, uh, I defeated uh, 25 uh, gang members all at once, without harming any of them. <laughs> that was the uh, unique. Yeah, the samurais say don't don't use any more force than you have to, and so uh, they actually brought knives and and everything, and and then I was supposed to fight these 25 uh, gang members. And uh, my age and older, I was a soft no, yeah, I was a sophomore summer of my sophomore year at La Puente High School. And then I defeated them very easily. And they had three officers on the deck watching the, watching the final exam. That was my final exam. And it was to the death. These guys were trying to kill me. 
Well, how do you defeat them without hurting them? It's the martial arts skills that you learn. You're trained in martial arts from the age of two on. Okay. It was actually very easy for me to do, but I didn't even know it. I didn't had no idea that I that I just knew I was a really good water polo player, and I had a lot of confidence from being a really good water polo player. And I did a lot of fighting. As uh, my position was the fighting position, I, I took on all the fights, so I just had a lot of confidence. And I was real surprised that I could handle all these guys when I didn't. I was like, where where did that come from? You know, because you they wipe your memories during the uh, eight, uh, during the day, but they want to see if the mem- they want to see if the training is embodied in you, and not something you remember. And so that's why the test is during the day instead of the night. Well, you get tested at night too. I mean, we had final sword fighting competitions, but weren't where they weren't to the death. We fought with uh, uh, the same samurai, the last samurai. You remember? Uh, we fought with those swords. I have one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. This. Yeah, the last samurai, the wooden swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that that's what we norm- That's what we fought with our in our final competitions, usually against four uh, highly advanced uh, sword fighters. And that was really easy for me. I, I'm the one that did all the major duels in the 20 and back that we did. That made that's what actually makes the United States famous. You become very famous as a planet when uh, your fighters do that. When your fighters go out around the galaxy or other galaxies and defeat the very best fighters from uh, other planets. So it's a real big, real big thing. <laughs> That's fa- that's fascinating, actually. Um, so you you mentioned sabers. Like, is it? Are you talking about? Like, do they have lightsabers? Or lightsabers a real thing? No, we yeah, absolutely. We we had we use lightsabers, but the handle is oval, and and it's more like a Japanese sword where you know it has cross hatching, so it's easy to grip. And uh, and then it's 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 uh, tuned to your hand, which means only your hand can activate it you, when you when you grab it, and then you you, you hit the button, then then the lightsaber comes out, just like just like in Star Wars. Those are all the plants that we that we did duels with. They were all with lightsabers. Now I had two. I was a two sword fighter. Nintendo, I, I usually used two, but in in a, in an actual competition against uh, really highly advanced sword fighters, usually sit settle down to one. You don't really try to do two. Two works in combat for most people, but when you're in the high competition, the high tournaments, you usually just restrict yourself to one. You can move one a lot faster. So is that was that your your 20 years? You didn't just sword fight the whole time. Um, no, we we were, we were our team was a team of 16. My brother Dave was the sergeant, tech sergeant in charge of the team. First class, I was tech sergeant, second class, and I uh, uh, so I was second in command. And then our team of 16, like the Apache, were like Geronimo 16. We were trained by the Apache to do uh, team fighting activities, and that's what our team did. Our team often, we'd have to, uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know if you know anything about jousting. Originally, jousting was between individuals, but the last day of the competition, the two, the first and second uh, jousters uh, that won the, the jousting, the first and second, then they would then they would each get to pick 50 team members. This actually happened during the um you know, the feudal times in the, in, on this planet, jousting. And then they'd each get to pick 50 fighters, and then those fighters would, would fight against each other. Whoever won the team competition won the joust, won the tournament. So you could come in second in the individual jousting, but you could win the tournament. And that was really happening. It does the same thing. We do the same exact thing. And all of the warrior species do the same thing. You have individual competition, but you also have team competitions. And our team was 16. So, and remind us again what the purpose of this is. You're, you're claiming your right in space, or, you're, or, or no, no. They call it uh, Randy. Call it fight to the truth. But really, what it is is when a 
when a species becomes so advanced technologically that they can destroy themselves and other planets easily, uh, which which is a lot of advanced species have that capability, they they decide not to use that. They decide they make agreements with each other not to use technology in any um, um, dispute, any military dispute. We're not going to use technology. That the only disputes we're going to have, the only way we're going to resolve our disputes is uh, duels. Duels between champions, and all advanced species do this. They either do, they either decide to resolve their competition in a game, like chess is actually one of the games that certain advanced species will uh, use in order to resolve a, dis a dispute between planets. <laughs> but a lot of the warriors, yeah, no, really, and a lot of and other uh, there are other games that the different advanced species use, but the warrior species always fight duels between champions to the death. And now, it, it's usually not to the death, though. It's usually just to the maiming until you can't go on, you know. So as far as you talked about your brother being recruited with you and you guys are twins, what's the purpose of having a twin, the twins? Yeah, the, the twin program is important because you're not really you're not really telepathic, meaning he can hear my thoughts and I can hear him thoughts. It's just I know what he's going to do before he does it. We used to they also they used to call us a twin engine uh, offense. This is actually uh, in a lot of the scoreboard books and water polo there was a score a person who did a magazine called the scoreboard and it's still there in the water poles they're still using the scoreboard and uh, our coach was the one that started it so he would call us the twin engine offense i would know what my brother was going to do before he did interesting or i know where my brother was going to be before he went there and that gave us a major advantage in the water polo games and it gave it gave us a major advantage in any of the military competitions with teams specifically uh and the apache taught us to do this Usually run you run eight and eight. So when you want to capture another team, you run eight and eight around them. And so their team is running straight and you're running eight and eight till you come along. And then you move, then one person moves in and one person moves in, and you now you have surrounded them. But I'm running, I'm ahead of my team of eight, and David's ahead of his team. Run, we're running to the rocks and we can't see each other, but I can feel my brother and he can feel me. And we know where each other, we know where each other is, and therefore we know where each line is, so that when we surround the team that we're about to capture. Uh, we're even, and we can't be even with each other unless we can feel each other. And that was what the twin program was designed for. Well, I mean, we see this with twins even here, like on Earth. Um, Correct. I've seen twins both sitting in the same room, and they both get up at the same exact time yeah. to go get a drink of water. Yep. And, but and the, it's yep. really freaky, actually. Yep. So um, that's what they. That's what they did. That's what that. That's what, and they genetically engineered us to be twins for that specific psionic capability. So Elena Danan interviewed a guy who actually claimed to be a sword fighter as well in the SSP. And shortly after she interviewed him, it was his first time coming forward. Shortly after that, I think he passed away, but um, he uh, spoke about sword fighting a reptilian and he ended up defeating him because he said the only way to defeat them was to know their next move before they did it. And he could yeah. actually see, he, he got to a point where he could actually see five moves ahead or something like that. Right. right. And they could see the next move before it happened too. But if you're so many moves ahead of them, that's how you beat them. Right. Those are, there are two psionic capabilities that they trained us that they genetically engineered and trained. You, you have to have the genetic capability of, of being, to have psionic, powers but you also have to be trained to how to use that psionic powers it's just not having it in your 
genetic engineering. And two of them were the power to foretell, meaning you can see ahead of what the other person's about to do, and the power to slow down time. And you remember Randy told you about that one time that it happened to him in one of his uh, battles where the uh, opponents were moving in slow motion and he wasn't? Like, well, that's actually a sonic power that they trained us, my brother and I, to have. And and uh, and I know the power is there because um, when I got returned back to Earth, you get returned into a clone. When I got returned back, I didn't lose that power. I'd actually had a lot of uh, fighting engagements when I got returned, you get returned right back to the day they take you out. 70, you, you, you're, you're deployed 17 and a half, then you go out and you do 20 years, then they come back and they drop you right back where they left you off within 10 minutes. And then you go on, you're in your clone body for the rest of your life. Uh, and I still had that power to slow down time. So I know when Randy mentioned, I said, oh yeah, I know that. I, I've actually done engagements where all the combatants were moving in slow motion and I wasn't. Well, and we yeah. see that depicted in, like all these superhero movies, they they show that like everything slows down, and they yeah. can do all this stuff and yep. all the other, and, that, and that's real because remember uh, they don't give your memories are all gone. They take away all your memories, and like the admiral told me, he said the the memory wipes hundred percent, so we can't figure out how come you're getting some of your memories back. <laughs> Sounds like the kids are in back there sword fighting. Oh, the grandkids, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some wild. They're wild ones. They're great. Um, okay, so what? Like, okay, how far out did you travel? I believe it was uh, all throughout this galaxy and several other galaxies, I remember. I only have some memories. Um, I only have some of the memories. And how did those memories start coming back? When I started, uh, once I started, once I became a physicist in January of 2014, and I started immediately discovering over Unity, and then the Sixth Force in September, and then the Seventh Force. The memory started coming back then because that when I realized that everything they were telling us about physics was a lie. And I said, like, well, if that's a lie, then, you know, what else is a lie? So I went back and I said, maybe, maybe I had a, I started listening to Randy Kramer. I said, you know, I don't know. I suspect I had a uh, super soldier background too. So I started going back into the photos that my father had uh, left. And sure enough, the evidence was there. It was there and it brought back the memories. And then from those memories, I was able to build more memories from from there. A lot of the dream, a lot of dream, recurring dreams that I had were actually memories of the experience. Once I realized and identified what those memories are, they became more clear as to the relevance in the program. So it was gradual, but really what started to kick it was when I first started discovering over Unity uh, generators, started uh, developing my physics career and designing over Unity generators. That's what kicked my memories back. Um, and so what kind of, so you, you think you were just in, in our solar system? Did you go to any other galaxy? No, no, no. I was in this galaxy and several others. Galaxy. Uh, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Oh, you said solar system. I'm sorry. Well, I meant, I meant like, where did you travel to? Um, you've, you've been in other galaxies. So this isn't yeah. just taking place here is what I was getting no. at. No. When the Nazis, uh started traveling they it's like star trek they they started traveling as far as they can go and they're still doing that they're still going as far as they can go they keep going and going in every galaxy we keep exploring everywhere we're very curious we're very curious and we we just have scientific vessels that keep traveling like uh uh what was that one uh anyway one of the star trek series where they got thrown out 70 thousand million miles or something anyway that they got they got lost way out there and they just kept traveling they just keep traveling and that's what the Nazis did. They did. They just kept traveling in in uh, scientific research vessels. How many breakaway civilizations 
do you think the Nazis have out there? The Nazis, the Japanese went on their own, separate from the Nazis, and they have their own planets. The Japanese do. The Nazis also broke away and they have their own planets. They, they actually own like 26 planets. They are, you know, not just, they're not, they're not just here, but they have their own planets elsewhere. And the same with the Japanese. They have many, they actually rule and control many planets that they purchased. They bought them. <laughs> well, I mean, we hear about the Germans like establishing bases all over the galaxy. Um, yes. That's what I mean. Like how many breakaway civilizations do you think they actually have as far as- but You're like, talking about bases or it's the same civil, it's the same breakaway group, the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. But I mean- Okay, maybe many... you talk about the number of bases that they yeah, have. Yeah, okay. They have embassies, which means a city on every single- uh, planet that they do business with, and that means nine hundred separate planets in this galaxy alone. Interesting. So, how, okay, well, that's just how, an embassy, and then an embassy. When when you make an agreement with a planet, they also allow you to have bases in other parts of their solar systems, their realm. So the Nazis have bases on. Not only do they have an embassy on all those planets of the nine hundred species, but they have bases throughout their realm. I'm just trying to think about public disclosure. Like, how would our society even handle that information? Well, we can't go out of the outer barrier without permission, which means some research vessels from the Earth Alliance will be allowed to go out there. But the problem with defeating the Draco inside of our solar system is that they may go out naked, which means that once we defeat the Draco inside of our solar system, we still have to get along with the Draco. Just to be able, meaning the Earth Alliance has to get along, has to make a treaty with the Draco just to be able to go out and travel. Just like, see, the Nazis made agreements with the Draco and they're traveling all throughout their realms, which is thousands of solar, thousands of galaxies, millions of planets. The Nazis made an agreement with the Draco and that was part of the agreement. We, the Earth Alliance, haven't made that agreement. We're doing war with them right now. So that... So our, our ability to go out and travel like the Nazis did isn't going to happen right away. We're going to have to come to terms with the Draco. And the, and the spirit beings are telling us that we have to, first we have to live longer, which means our lifespan needs to increase by at least 300 years. Well, we can do that with the med pods. And that's one of the other things that the Earth Alliance wants to bring out right away is med pods to increase all of our lives by 300 years. That's very important. Said you can't gain spiritual advancement in 100 years. You need more time. But it's not just that. You can't gain the scientific powers to power a 8-4 uh, ship. And that's what the we're developing eighth force and sphere beings know that, and they know that 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 ability eighth force ships makes us more powerful than the Draco. And when we have eighth force ships, eighth force fleets, and we will because I'm working on it, and I know, um, then we can go out and travel about throughout the uh, throughout the universe like the Nazis have been doing without without being harassed by the Draco. So what is this vessel? Do you know what the vessel you were stationed on looked like? What type? Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's that, 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 that triangular uh, shaped thing that they show you in Star Wars, except it doesn't have those weird jet engines in the back. Uh, oh, like a Star Destroyer. Like Yeah, that, that's what it's like. That, that, that is the, uh, uh, didn't... William Tompkins drew that. Yeah, yeah William Tompkins. Okay, those, those, are, those are our ships. Yeah, those are our ships. That's a cruiser. The, all, those, all those things sitting around that on the moon... When uh, NASA went there, I'm sorry, not NASA. Yeah, NASA. When NASA went there and they saw all the ships uh, 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 on the uh, surface of that uh, crater, those are the ships. Those are cruisers. Okay. Those, and that's what that's, that's what you were stationed. That's what they look like, and you have to have that shape in order to be able to uh, uh, use temporal drive. 
uh, hyperdrive in, that in, Bob Lazar was teaching. In particular, those are dark fleet ships, though. Yep. Because well, uh, no, 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 no. Dark, dark fleets are a little bit more more advanced technology. Remember, do you remember the uh, <laughs> the Draco aren't going to give us their most advanced technology. The Draco ships are tier shaped. So, so dark fleet's not affiliated with the Draco. No, Dark Fleet is the Nazi contingent that works with the Draco, but they don't have the Draco ships. Okay. The Draco wouldn't give us the most advanced technology. Their ships are tear-shaped, which have the most advanced technology, but they never let us have that. They let us have the lesser technology, which was uh, the uh, the triangular-shaped ones. And then we hear about these retrofitted submarines that the Navy was using early on. That was originally way back when we started with, but... The, that well, that's old. It isn't even funny. Yeah, those were the original ships. Put yeah. a six-fourth engine in a in a submarine, go flying out in space. No big deal. But bat, but doing battle? No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are like research vessels and stuff like that. From what no, I no, we stopped using that stuff a long time ago, many years ago. That right. they stopped using that stuff in '62 and '64. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are, are any of them still in operation right now? Yeah, they're in operation. There's they're mothballs. I love to keep them around just to show people, you know, the old, the old, you know, it's like uh, uh, Smithsonian Institute, Aircraft Institute, you know. Yeah, I got you. There are a few of them around. They're operational. They use six fourth, they use six fourth engines, but it's just six fourths is considered extremely slow. Uh, you want to go, you want to be, we have 9.8 warp engines. We have, we've had them since the 80s. Um, and and that and then we also have the temporal drive, uh, you know, a hyperdrive, which means you, you 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 travel through time, your ship travels through time, gets from one point to the other like that. Okay. One galaxy to the next in a moment. So going back to your testimony, um, you're traveling around doing these battles, and um, and this lasts for the whole twenty years. You don't. Yeah, you crazy, right? Fighting for twenty years, insane. Um, and then, do you know, like, at what point? that you were brought back well you know you see you, you get dropped off right at the moment they took you yeah they bring, you, they bring exactly. you back in time and they drop me right at the uh new york Athletic club in the locker room uh the day they took me the moment the the 10 minutes from the 10 minutes they took me which means uh 1969 so i i meant like while you were in the programs do you have any memory of like okay we're coming to the end i know i'm gonna go back not those, not those memories. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, we can go over all the different memories I have, different battles. But there, the the awards memory, meaning they gave us our last uh, awards, and they told us we were going to be returned at our last, um, you know, giving us our medals, honors, and the, at the last honors ceremony, then they told us, and now you're going to be returned, and the, and and you and then you're going to be dropped off right where we took you, and and you're not going to get any, you're not going to have any memories of it. Okay, so they you knew that they that's do tell you you're not going to have any memories now, because that's the that's the see. The time regulations are very specific. What you can do when you go back in time, what you you're you're allowed to do certain things, you're not allowed to do certain things. So it's it's important that you don't have your memories back because that might interfere with that might become a time violation or a time deviation if you have memories. Uh, so you're not supposed to have memories of. Uh, of the 20 and back. It's part of allowing you to go back in time 20 years and then come back forward in time 20 years. Part of, of allowing you to do that, um, it part of it requires that they remove your memories when you come back. Yeah. So you're not allowed, you're not really, so they're, they're, they don't want you to remember that 
stuff because they also don't want you to you'll be very powerful if you remember every if you remember everything you're 20 back you could take over the planet easily if you knew all that stuff that you yeah. did and can do you take over the planet then that's the other reason they don't want you to have the memories you're too powerful even in a clone remember the body that you went away in the highly advanced uh, uh, genetically engineered body that body gets destroyed and you get put into a clone that's actually dumbed down it has less powers but if you had all your memories you 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 know what you can do. You know what you you can even in a clone body. So how are clones used in the SSP then? Is that oh, okay. how they so do when, it? when you're removed, when 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 you're deployed and you get on the cruiser, they make a clone of you right then and there, 17 and a half. And then that clone is put in stasis. And then you got you do your 20 and back in the in your original body. You, got, you do your 20 and back, 20 year service, and then they put you right next to your you're 35 years old and you're right next to your 17 and a half. Uh, year old clone and they put your soul from the 35 year old body into the 17 and a half year clone and then that is being backed down to the planet the clone. so then so then when you when they come back the all these guys who are whistleblowers are actually a clone well i don't know see i've heard there are other other technologies that have been used since been well, used or, since then i don't know about those technologies i know about he says he was this technology age regressed using and i've heard leather. about that you know, chemicals and and chemicals. and uh, rep, rep, replicator energy. You know, I heard, but I don't know. I, I know what I would. We, Dave and I, were the very first batch. Our group, we were the very first U.S. genetically engineered super soldiers, which with Dark Fleet. Well, of course, they have more uh, um, technologically advanced uh, tools after that. Sure, right? but I know what was used during our period. Exactly, and that's. I mean, that's actually new information. I haven't heard that exact situation described before from any yeah. any yeah. whistleblowers, but it makes sense to me. Yeah. It makes sense to me how that would work. Well, actually, um, Randy, Randy says that's how, how it was done with him. If you really listen, you got to really listen, you know. But the reason I reason those things resonated with me is because, oh, yeah, it happened to me. Oh, yeah, it happened to me. When Corey started talking about the outer barrier, I go, oh, my God, someone else knows about the outer barrier. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think happened to your body during the ten minutes that you were gone in the in the locker room? You said it, that it can be within ten minutes, but nobody's going to notice. You're in the locker room alone. Nobody notices. Okay. Nobody noticed you got deployed. Nobody, nobody saw you get beamed up because you're alone in the locker room. Okay, I got you. Yeah, like I just know exactly Corey where said, it was. Yeah, Corey said he was in bed, like asleep, and nope, then ten uh, minutes. Nope, I was getting dressed after we uh, uh, we pra we practiced water polo at New York Life Club. That's where we trained. Uh, we were practicing, uh, and I was going to uh, Rutherford High School, you know, and and then uh, Hans and Werner would pick us up, and we'd go to the pool for our, our regular uh, water polo practices. But, well, yeah, and what then, I'm saying and, is they do it at a time where no one's going to notice. No, you're, in, you're in the room. Yeah, Dave and I are in the locker room alone. Everybody else yeah. had left. Yeah. Yeah, so whether you're asleep or you're in the locker room or whatever. You're alone, you're right? Do it, do it. Nobody sees you get No one's going to see you disappear and be it's like, oh, my God. Light. It's a big white light. No one, yeah. well, you know, they don't want anybody seeing it. Yeah, so they they probably strategically, you know. Well, they can they can scan the whole building. They see everything and yeah. where everybody is, you know. Yeah, at okay. The time when they do it, they know when you're low. Okay, I got you. So then, and then, of course, and then of course we got beamed up with Hans and Werner. So it's Dave, David, me, Hans and Werner, and we're the only four people in the locker room. And Hans and Werner told everybody to leave the locker room. They were in charge of the team, so people told he said, "Go ahead, get dressed, go away." We we're on talk to Dan, and Dave, and then they all went away, and then we all got beamed up. Uh -huh. Wow. Wow. So it's real simple. So when you 
came back i mean at that time when you were 17 you had no idea that anything happened probably right they, they completely remove your memories just like they would do during every training day every day your memories are removed before you get put back into your bed for your daytime activities you don't know that you just had a whole training session all night long do you feel uh, in, in a deep underground base you don't know because your memories get wiped every day do you have any like feelings that you couldn't explain or anything or you're like Oh yeah, Why do I feel that like? that was a lot of the stuff that helped me uh, recover some of the memories. Plus, I think that I had actually made arrangements with certain alien species to help me to give back some of my memories, to actually give them back, to record them and then give them back. So I think I actually had made arrangements, and I think that's actually how I've got some of my memories back, and I keep getting them back. And even if they keep got removed by uh, the ICC, then then those aliens I made agreements kept giving them back. For example, I won a very big tournament, the Galactic Kumite, I actually won it. And and that afforded me a lot of people offered me to rule planets. I mean, because I won that tournament. And it's a very prestigious tournament. It's the most prestigious tournament in the galaxy. It reminds me of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. You know that? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't play games. Well, no, no, it's it's a cartoon. It's a Japanese no. It's a anime. Japanese anime cartoon, but that's oh, a, oh, oh, yeah. that's exactly what the whole premise of the show is, is they're battling like tournaments like that all over the galaxy to take yeah. over certain planets and stuff. Disclosure. Well, we did it just to get the rights to travel through their system. <laughs> yeah, that's really, yeah. Yeah, there's tons of disclosure in that. So what happened? So what happened when I won the Kumite, uh, uh, a lot of the people who the major, the uh, the major players or the major combatants that, that lost against me in the tournament, they offered, they said, well, you know, you don't just get the medal. You don't just get the trophy. You get certain uh, requests granted. And so like there's these 10 different species that were uh, always, that usually would win the Kumite of the galaxy. They would say, well, you, you can ask any of anything of us and it will be granted. And, and I, I did ask that some of my memories get returned to me when I came back. Interesting. So what, do you what actual groups or species did you encounter? Do you have any memories of different? Yes, yes. Well, reptilians, uh, they were major combatants. Also, coyote. And then you, if you recently, recently, uh, you know, uh, Janet's like, oh, it can't be dog species. I go, yeah, yeah. We, they were very powerful. Coyote, wolf, and then uh, Emery Smith and Randy Kramer just did a show where they discussed uh, one of the dog species that you're going to be introduced to. And they, they talked a bit about them. They said, that, well, they have pets and their pets are, are monkeys. And they think it's really interesting that we have dog pets. Um, yeah. So, yeah, though, there are various advanced uh, species that are their dog species. And and uh, and several of them are warrior species. And one of them looks like coyotes and one of them looks like wolves. And then that was it. No, you don't recall any encountering any other ones? Oh yeah, the reptilians. I remember a lot of encounters with reptilian species, different kinds, different reptilian species. They're not all the same. There are actually many different kinds of reptilian species. Well, I, I remember uh, insectoid encounters. I also remember uh, aquatic encounters, but they weren't violent encounters. I just met them. Sure. Yeah. The insectoids don't usually do the combatant thing and neither do the aquatic. The combatant thing, meaning a warrior species that I remember that that I have memories of. Remember, I only have a few. Were uh, the dog species and the and the reptilians? Yeah, I've heard like the insectoids are utilized a lot um, for like arm like army engineering. engineering. Well, just because things. Well, because they're they're hive mind. 
they have their hive mind so they can all work together in a way that humans can't. So they yeah. utilize insectoids for certain like missions also. Um, I, you know, I haven't I just, heard that one, but it makes sense. Yeah. I, I have not heard that, but it makes sense. So Randy talked about the insectoid species on Mars, which is pretty an accurate, pretty good, accurate description of how they work. And then he actually, Randy is actually our most, I don't know if you know anything about military decorations, but Randy is actually, and I got this confirmed by a CIA general. Uh, Randy is actually our, our the most highly decorated in uniform uh, U.S. Um, soldier ever. So he got really? the Medal of Honor, Purple Heart. You only get one Purple Heart. You only get one Medal of Honor and 26 uh, 5 16 inch stars. If you look it up, you look up 5 16 inch stars, you'll see that 26 is the highest. And you think to yourself, well, who the hell got anything the only names you're going to see listed are those who got five or below so you don't know the ones that got between six and 26 well those are all super soldiers and so you're not going to know those names until the future randy's the one that's got 26 he's our most highly decorated super soldier and he got one of those uh five 16 inch stars like getting the medal of honor 27 times medal of honor 26 five 16 inch stars so randy got one of those for uh um uh bring bringing the insectoids to the to the treaty table, to the peace table. And then he describes that, how he did that. He dropped his weapons and walked right up to him. That's how he pulled it off. You know? Well, that's, I mean, that doesn't even surprise me, to be honest. That's yeah. So, well, I forgot my question now. Um, you were asking about different species. Yeah, well, okay, I was. So you were shown... Well, humanoid, of course, different kinds of humanoids. I mean, big ones, and littler ones. The four-foot ones are most dangerous, <laughs> like the greys, really? but they weren't the greys. They weren't the greys, but they were pretty... The, see, the smaller, you're faster. And so the four-foot the four foot ones uh, that I remember, humanoid warrior species, they were pretty tough. They were pretty fast with a sword. Okay, so I, 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 I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to figure out. I had something on the tip of my tongue that I wanted to ask. I remember it, huh? <laughs> I'm trying to get it back. I've got one, but it's it's more of like back to what's happening now. Question. Yeah, that's what people want to that's know. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I, that, that's nice. Now, but what about today? What yeah. about me? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. What? Um, so we know there are there are some benevolent races that are our friends, so to speak, that are sort of helping us. And um, you know, people talk about the Pleiadians or the Nordics or the. Yeah, Pleiadians, Nordics, and, and the Arcadians or Andromedans also. Arcturians, Andromedans. Yeah, yeah, right. That's all real, and they're all part of the Earth Alliance to defeat their, the, the assets that were here, because they yeah. had bases here. Those assets have, have aligned with the Earth Alliance and the, and the White Hats, and they're now currently in battle with the Draco in our solar system. Awesome. So whenever you were shown, like you were shown the video of the elephant, Stug, Ganesh. Oh wow, that was. Cool. Were you showing any other videos like that? Nope, nope, just that <laughs> one. I've had my own personal experiences. I met the Greys when I was eight years old in North Carolina. I met the Nordics twice, and actually spoke with them once. I spoke with the Greys, so I know what Greys look like. I know what Nordics look like, and I spoke with them. And did this happen? Were you taken? Nope. Or just just in on a military base or something? Nope, nope. We were on a. Uh, uh, it was a Cub Scout outing, and we were camping in North Carolina at a at a Boy Scout campground. Uh, we were in our pup tents, me and my brother, and I just couldn't go to sleep because I was hearing all these noises, and I wanted to go out and explore. So I got out of the tent, and I walked about oh, 100, 200 yards away from the campground into a meadow, uh, which was a dried up meadow. It was just grass. And I was just in the tree line, and I was laying down listening to all the animal noise. I was very curious about all the different species. 
And then the Grays came down and landed and the ramp went out and I'm like, well, this is really cool. And the ramp went out and two, one, one Gray came out, a little four-footer came out, probably a Gray B, uh, you know, one of the servants. And the Gray B came out, looked down the ramp, he's looking around and he spotted me and uh, I didn't know he spotted me. Then he went back up to the ramp and he pulled out his commander. Who the command? His commander was a Gray A and he told me he was the Supreme Commander of the Gray um, fleet in the quadrant, meaning the quadrant of the galaxy. And, uh, and he told me that. <clears throat> so, and he spoke to me telepathically, the gray A. And uh, which was a really cool conversation. At the end, he said, well, you want to come and take a trip around the universe? I said, you mean like the whole universe? And we're communicating telepathically. And, uh, sure. and I, I'm at a distance from them. I'm like about, I wasn't near, I wasn't actually right up front on the ramp. So they could telepathically communicate easily 50 yards away. It was easily 50 yards away. And I was still hiding behind the tree line, but, but they could see me clearly. And uh, he was saying, you want to take a trip around the universe? Oh, no, my mom would freak out if I, you know, if I went with a stranger and he laughed, you know, they're very charismatic and and, uh, very humorous, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he he got a big chuckle out of that when I said uh, my mom would be upset if I went with a stranger, you know, he laughed. Yeah. So he said, well, you sure? I said, no, no, I, my mom would really freak out if I didn't come back. He said, no, we'll, we'll bring you right back. Oh, your mom will never know you're gone. I said, no, I don't want to disobey my mom, you know, and he laughed and they took off. So I wonder why, like, they weren't just landing there for the heck of it. I'm sure. No, they, was... came, they came to talk to me. They knew I was in the program. Okay. And they and they knew my future. You have to understand the, the looking glass technology is real. And the grays have, they've had it before we had it. And so they're used to looking into a person's future. And they knew I was in the program. They knew I was in, they knew I was in the program because they were training me. They were part of the people who were, they were giving us all the technology that was necessary for the program. So they knew I was in the program, especially the Supreme Commander of the Quadrant knew I was in the program and knew who I was, knew I was the best sword fighter at eight years old and knew my future. So they wanted to take me and I don't know what they wanted to do, or, but I didn't go and they didn't force me. Interesting. So talking about the looking glass technology, um, how does that tie into uh, Q? I don't know about Q. You don't know about Q, the, the Q operation. No, really, I don't. I don't. I don't follow this community. I, you know, I'm a physicist. I do physics things. But go ahead, tell no, me. I, well, we know this Q is apparently this military operation that was working with the Trump administration. This well, it's supposed to be the White Hats or the Alliance. Yeah. Essentially, if they call themselves the Q. Originally, when the White Hats disclosed themselves to me through Bronco Microcontroller from 1996 to 2014, Bronco Belichewski, uh, three-star CIA general, he described them as the division. He called it the division. And even then, he wouldn't, didn't want me to say that to anybody. So, you know, if they call themselves the Q now, that's fine. You know. But back then, they called themselves the division. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, anyway, it just appeared to be, and they even mentioned it in the Q in the Q drops, um, that looking glass think looking glass technology was probably used because it seemed they were dropping this intel online that was o- almost predicting future events that we would like months ahead of time, and so we would intel. Yeah, we would get this intel, and then a few months later, something it would happen exactly like that. And um, this is, it, it's like they claim that. Um, basically they got this technology from the cabal or the deep state now it was in the hands of the alliance or the white hats and they're using it against them basically yeah that's what was told to me (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay yeah makes sense 
Um, about a month ago, that's what was told to me. Interesting. That, they have looking the, glass. They have looking glass technology, and then and then they keep seeing me in it, and and they, because yeah. they were talking about me, and then they were talking about these other events that we're going to be. We were looking ahead, and we're going to be defeating them soon. But they don't give a specific date. But that's what they keep seeing in the looking glass. Every time they look in, they keep seeing they're going to win the battle. And I believe that. I, like I told you before, the spear beings wouldn't have wasted their time putting up the outer barrier if that wasn't going to be the outcome. So I know it's yeah. going to be the outcome. I just don't know when. The story was that um, the reason the Cabal's always been one step ahead of the Alliance because they had the looking glass and they could always see what the Alliance was going to do. Yep, so they could, yep, always, yep. they could always get and ahead. They, of they would combine the looking glass with the AI technology. And the but problem with the looking the glass is they can finally, yeah. Yeah, they, right. Now they can, they can do comparable. You're right. They have a chance mm -hmm. uh, because they're using the same tech. Um, yeah. The problem with the looking glass is it only shows probability. So you have to keep looking into it to see all the probabilities. And but, but which narrows down the uh, possible, um, you know, attacks and counterattacks. If you, 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 but you don't know for sure which one's absolutely going to occur. You, you keep seeing different probable outcomes. But it's still by looking, you still are able to narrow down, narrow down your strategy, narrow down your options. And you so, have a major advantage if your opponent doesn't have the same technology. That's correct. Yeah. So whenever they say. Like they all they've told you is soon. Like there's no like obviously that um, they keep saying something big's gonna happen in September and you're gonna know because there's supposed to be an economic crash or whatever for a short period. But you know, I don't take too much stock. They 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 recommend stocking up uh, you know, so you have water and, and food. You've been hearing that for a while, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Which which I've been hearing for years and years and years from the ice. Yeah, I've been hearing it for <laughs> Eight years now. Really. Duck and cover in the 50s when I was growing up. You hear that, you know, we'll keep lots of food and water in the house because the bombs are coming, you know. Yeah. I've been hearing I've been hearing that ever since I was a little baby, you know. So so you should keep a you know at least six months stock of food and water around medical supplies if you can. <laughs> yeah. And it's always a good idea. I mean it, it's gonna be prepared anyway, but I mean you can't constantly live in fear either like that. Yeah. Like and yeah. that's that's well the fear is the fear is that you're you know you might be one of the one third that they're trying to call with the viruses and the vaccines you know yeah so uh the biggest problem with the vaccine and this is what the this is what the white house are telling you is that it alters the dna and the problem with it, the altering your dna is that when the med pods come out when we win the war and the med pods come out which will increase your life by 300 years you can't use it because your dna has been altered Wow. That's what's really behind that. Is that part of the agenda with it? Yeah, that's the major agenda for the vaccine is to alter your DNA so you can't use the med pods when they come out. Yeah. So they already know they're going to lose. They already yeah. know they're losing. Oh, yeah. They're, they're looking at the last they're going to lose. So now they're, they're going down to... swinging right now is all they're doing. Yeah. They, they already know it's it's game over. It's just they're not ones to uh, yeah. just surrender without a fight. Mm -hmm. They're just going yeah. down, kicking and screaming. There are, there are certain indicators that you'll see before the when when the victory goes down, one of the first things that you're going to see is they're going to round up all of the gang members. So Bronco Belichewski, my command, my controller, my CIA controller, one of his commands, not only rigging elections, he, that was a major command, by the way, a major command responsibility. But his other command was is co-opting all of the criminal gangs, all of them, triad, mafia, all of them, all of them, and 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 getting them to do wet work for the, the ICC. So anybody they wanted executed they would use the criminal gangs assassins to do that. And so it was Bronco's job to make sure that all the criminal gangs 
didn't get prosecuted and that all their assassins were never jailed. So one of the first things, one of the first indicators of that, we, you know, we won the war is that the federal government's going to go, the, they're, they're going to be a bunch of um, federal, well, you know, you mean U.S. Air Force, U.S. Army, U.S. Majors, you know, Marines. Uh, the U.S. military is going to go and arrest all the all the gang members, all of them, prosecute them, put them all in prison or, or execute them. That'll be one of the first indicators because those gangs serve the ICC. They do the wet work for the ICC. And how do I know that? Bronco was there, was there, was the commanding officer in charge of that program. And he told me. I mean, we've been kind of waiting for some type of arrest scenario like that. Anyway, we've been hearing about it. Um, so well, that's I, an indicator. So you want to know when things that's a major that's what's got to happen. That's a major indicator. I just wonder if like people what well, we hear about people being arrested, but it's not even made public. Yeah, that's that's the ICC telling you stories. It's the ICC puts a lot of false propaganda out there. Uh, and then it, then when it doesn't come true, they're like, well, you know, uh, they put a lot of false propaganda out there, false flag, false propaganda. And that's the ICC been doing that for, from the very beginning. Just to throw people off and yeah. discourage also them. to also to get you to think, put the giggle factor into it. We'll mm-hmm. see, you know, that's just you know, discredited, see, uh, yeah. discredited, discredited and yeah. the factor. And they don't want you to become involved. Then you can become involved. There is you 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 know you can join the military special forces, get into a white hat division. It's possible you can become involved. I don't know about you guys. I'm not talking about you guys. There are many ways that the public can get involved. Um I just don't really discuss it because they don't even believe yet. Enough of the public doesn't believe this stuff yet. Yeah. Well, let's just say for our, our audience, for their sake, if somebody wanted to get involved, what could they do? Are Not you enough. Okay? Everybody can get involved. First off, you have to understand that the, the Congress is run by the ICC. So if you vote for either a Republican or a Democrat, then you're voting for the ICC. So I haven't voted since since Bronco told me he started rigging elections. I stopped voting, and it's called abstention. So if everybody stopped voting, if enough people stopped voting, hopped out um, of the system. Yeah, you're you're basically saying you don't have a confidence in the system. The system's corrupt. It's basically Bronco CIC, and I don't want to have any part of it. And that's the only thing that you can do. But if a handful of you do it, doesn't mean anything. Nobody's going to notice. Uh, I've yeah, never a lot a lot of you have been doing doing it. Abstention is one thing. Now there's another thing called uh, the initiative. Now, I don't know if you know this, but you don't actually have to have politicians make law. You can you can actually make your own laws. The public can make their own laws. It's called the initiative process. And you can do that. And I know how to do the initiative process, but you have to have a lot of really expert attorneys do it. You can't do it on your own. And it takes a little bit of money, not a lot of money. But if everybody threw in a dollar, a lot of people threw in a dollar, you could do initiatives. You could actually take the government out of the hands of Congress and put it into your own hands. You can do that. It's called the initiative process. Somebody out there is going to hear that and start... <laughs> Yeah. But it's not okay. it's not easy. You got to now I practice law for 25 years, so I know how to do it. You need an expert attorney. I, they never let me have a they would the CIA never let me have a license. So I always did uh, my law work as a paralegal. But, yeah, if you, if you don't like abstention, well, then you can do the initiative process. But it's a lot more difficult. So, uh, yeah, I've never voted a day in my life, actually. Like I've I've. Right. Even so your abstention is. You're an abstentionist like me. So even when I was younger, like, I don't know why. I just like the whole idea of politics was just silly to me. Now right. I know why. Maybe somehow I knew something that I didn't right. subconsciously. Intuitively knew that that was your option to fight back was and to abstain. 
And what 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 it also got me out of is any sort of jury duty also, because if you're not registered to vote, you can't get called for jury duty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice being out of it that way. But you said that um, the initiative process, the initiative. No, but I'm saying as, as far as you said, Trump actually won this last election, which pretty yeah, much did. everybody knows. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you have any do we know what the numbers actually looked like? Oh, probably about 30 percent more, you know. He didn't yeah. win it by no landslide. He didn't win yeah. it by a landslide, no. Really? Because that, that's what some people think, that it was just a no. major red wave, you know? No. But he did win. Yeah. 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 Which is... Which they're trying to do these audits and, uh, you know... Trump's, pro Trump's problem is he, he... There's a thing called the second bite at the apple. Remember, I practiced law for 25 years, guys, at a high level, right? <laughs> Meaning I won every case for the CIA they gave me, and they only gave me the cases that couldn't be won. <clears throat> and I want every one of them, so I'm pretty good. And and uh, the thing is, is that Trump already filed a bunch of lawsuits challenging the election, and that's his first bite at the apple. And in law, you're not allowed two bites, meaning you, you can't come up with the same arguments twice. And so it would be really hard for him to to again go through the courts because you can't get two bites at the apple. So and his attorneys already told him that his attorneys told him, don't do this. You're not ready for this. You don't have enough evidence and you're going to lose. And he lost every one of those 50 cases. Uh, because he didn't have enough evidence, uh, because he wanted to do it very quickly and lost. And the problem with the legal system that was set up by the ICC is it takes a long time to sue government. That was my expertise of suing government. If he waited and done it properly and waited till he had gathered enough evidence to do it, then he would have won. Now, if he tries to pump that stuff through the courts, he's going to lose again because they're going to say you can't get two bites at the apple. And that's what means. Um, and we have the same thing in criminal court. Uh, you know, you can't you can't prosecute a person twice for the same Double jeopardy. You can't put a person in jeopardy twice. It's the same thing in civil court. You only get one bite at the apple. You can't do it twice. Well, so Trump already blew it as far as that goes. Uh, if you're going to see a white hat candidate coming forward, it'll be someone else. It won't be Trump. Interesting. Because, I mean, we hear, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, so many people are expecting him to come back. And even even he's saying like, oh, you'll I'll be back as sooner than later, you know, blah blah blah, in his rallies. So uh, and we there's audits. Well, to... if somehow the election can be proven to be rigged and a fraud, doesn't that nullify? By no, see, he he already presented evidence. He presented evidence of that in the first fifty cases that he did. So first, you're asking me legally. There's two different ways to come back. One is legally, and one is 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 a, is a uh, what do you call it when you take over the government? Well, if, if somehow we can prove it to the mass public, to enough, you know, the majority of people believe. Oh, and then he and then he runs great. in the next election, and they vote for him. Then he can come back. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But exactly. I'm just saying before that even happens, if if it's somehow proven that that most people see for themselves, like, okay, we were the election was rigged. Trump actually won. We've been lied to. Well, that, now you're talking about that, now you're talking about uh, deposing Biden, which means uh, impeaching yeah. Biden. It is possible to do an impeachment of Biden. That's possible. Okay, but that does but that doesn't bring Trump back. Well, yeah, you, you're I, asking I, me about the law. You're asking about the law, and I know the law real well. That yeah, doesn't yeah. bring well, Trump back. I mean, me personally, I, I don't care whether it's Trump or as long as it's not another cabal person coming. <laughs> next. Yes, yeah. it needs yeah. to be the good guys. Getting the right. bag, getting these right. swamp creatures out of the out of the way, getting yeah. them arrested. Well, until like I said, until we actually win the physical battle. Yeah. Uh, and then and then there are certain indicators that are that are gonna that are gonna show you that 
things have changed where the, the cabal is no longer in charge. And I told you one of those indicators is they're going to round up all the all the criminal gangs. That's so really all like all the surface stuff. It doesn't even matter as long as they're there. They have to win this battle going on behind the scenes first. We have to win the military battle. And then also the release and of the technology. The first thing that's going to re- be released is a generator that goes in your house. Yeah, and, just, yeah. and that'll be available and you could purchase them, you know, and they might even. I was just told yesterday that the government's actually going to give them to you. You don't have to buy them. And so I know what the indicators are for when the changes happen. Until those indicate, until you see those things, no, we haven't won. Yeah. And anyone else is telling you something different, that's a story. It's not true. Interesting. It's good to know. Trump, Trump doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter if Trump is the one who's representing the White Hats or fighting for the White Hats. It could be any other person that the White Hats put into office. It doesn't have to be Trump. It, yeah. And that's true. That's what um, that's what Daryl James, we had another guy, uh, SSP guy, come on. He had some information and he said Trump is basically a placeholder. He's just there to stay out of the way of the military while they're doing this battle, basically, because with with Biden in place, obviously, they're that's an opposing force. But if you have a white hat in, in a place of place of the president, then he's able to actually stay out of their way. And it makes things a little easier. Yeah, exactly. that's right. That's yeah. right. That's why we want a white hat in office. Yeah, uh, but and it doesn't have to be Trump. But yeah. but they'll run. But if they want to run a white hat in office again, they'll either run Trump or someone else. But but we'll we'll know ahead of time if he's a white hat by what he's talking about. Like Trump said, oh, I'm going to release the technology. He only released released a little bit, and the actual technology that was released is not. It's actually garbage tech, which means it's nothing that's very practical. Uh, but it does show the reality of overunity. It does show the reality of warp one uh, ships. It, this this is the one thing it did. It it should make a lot of people say, "Wait a second, we've been lied to all along. They've had warp one ships and overunity generators all this time, and they never released them." So a lot of people should be suspicious, and they should be susceptible to listening to a white hat candidate coming forward and say, "Yeah, you're being messed with by all these people. Look at this technology. It's just sort of released. It's real, and they hid that from you all along." And then you have uh, General Jaime Shed, and we're waiting for his book to see how much disclosure he's going to give and so the people are getting educated i just don't know how much of an impact it ha- it's having but we are getting solid proof now of the reality of the secret space program and the suppression that's been going on by the cabal yeah that's important. it is important so do you think there's going to be a public disclosure of these secret space programs yeah when we win the battle they'll they'll, t- they'll tell you everything they'll tell you about, oh you get to this you actually get to personally get in a ship and go tour all the all, all the bases and meet all the species. What do you think about the um, there being some type of list being released about uh, showing all the people who were actually involved in the SSP that don't remember? Yeah, that's the thing. Now I've been asked that by my brother. You know, are they gonna are they gonna give us our memories back? Are they gonna give us our our military records? They're supposed. To, I don't know about giving the memories back because that might that might cause a time deviation and and that might not be allowed. But as far as their military records, and, and uh, you know their honors and 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 their pensions and 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 stuff like that, that's supposed to be given back when we win the battle. All of those involved in the program are supposed to at least get that. Their their you know their back pay, their pension, their uh, for Medal of Honor winners, you you get a whole bunch of benefits. Uh, you get to wear a uniform. For my brother and I, we're we're retired brigadier generals because even though we were tech sergeants when you win when you win five or more uh, oakley club oakley 
oak leaf clusters are the same as five sixteenth stars, except oak leaf clusters are the honors that they give um, the Air Force personnel. So we've had more, we've won both my brother and I won more than five. So we get to retire as a uh, brigadier general, one star general, and then we get to wear our uniforms because we won the Medal of Honor. Uh, so that that's what that's what will happen for all the super soldiers about giving their memories back. I don't know about that one. Um, they might get they might get their record in writing, but they not, might not be given their memories back because it might cause a time deviation. But at least they'll let these guys have their records, you know, and, yeah. and their honor and their honors. Well, I wonder, like some of these people who have probably been taken and and have got have gotten no memories back like you can't just yeah. come and present them with a list and say oh yeah. here, here's your record i know yeah, my brother complained about the same thing he said that's not right yeah i go yeah i i know what you mean but it all depends on if it's a if it'll cause a time deviation and i don't know see i don't know i don't know the rules uh uh that well if if if, if it would cause a time deviation a time violation uh, then the memories wouldn't be allowed or certain memories would be allowed i just don't know yeah, maybe I don't know that ones and not others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe certain people they know already. Um people, maybe. Yeah. Um well so, then there's that part. When you get all those memories back, it might drive you nuts. Mm-hmm. For Traumatic. sure. You know, you, you you're gonna yeah. get what PSTD, right? Yeah, PTSD. In- instantly. Yeah. Instantly, yeah, instantly, you know. Oh wow, I did that. You gotta deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I did that. It might be better. That's what yeah, it might it might actually be more dangerous. It depends on the individual, I guess. Right. So all these time deviations you're talking about earlier and for part one, you were talking about, you know, they can't go back and change time because um, you can, you can nudge it back. You can nudge it back to the time. There are are time missions that are allowed and you have to actually apply to do the time. mission. That's what that's what Randy Kramer talked about, nudging it back, nudging the timeline back. That's what Corey talked about. Time's elastic. It'll come back. But Randy said we actually have missions. There's only one natural timeline. Yeah, there's one natural timeline. And that has to occur. because See, the problem with time, if if you want to go back and change time because you don't like what your futures look, you looked into the looking glass, you don't like what your futures look like, you want to go travel back in time, you got a time machine, you go back and you change time. Then John says, wait a second, I didn't like that. How come I'm going to go back and change time? Then George goes, I didn't like that. How come I'm going to go back and change time? See, the problem is, if you if people are allowed to go back and change time, everybody's going to do it. And what happens is it screws with your head. Yeah, big time. Well, I would because, my, go ahead. Oh, it messes with your head. Yeah, uh, all the time changes actually mess with your head, and it'll drive everybody crazy. Well, my, Tori my, talked about that. Tori told you specifically just, what that does. You talked about beings that came to us and said, "You guys got to stop going back and changing things because you're messing up everything." Well, do you <laughs> think? Do you think that's where all these Mandela effects come from? Yes. Pe- people trying to do that, and yes. Okay. Well, the nudges themselves cause reverberations in time like um you know the ford signal there, there's actually a guy i know that actually identified 100 different um changes that he actually identified and so it's one thing in one timeline the ford with little flippy q ford signal on the car and it had a little twirly thing way back when but now it doesn't no more uh, there are uh those waves in time they cause those minor changes and that's not so bad but if you keep doing it doing it doing it doing it everybody goes nuts mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's not uh, so nudges. Nudges are allowed to nudge us back to the original timeline because we went back. The U.S. changed it to where it looked like the U.S. won the world when we really didn't. Um, so it, it all has to be nudged back, like Randy said. It has to be nudged back gradually, little bits, little 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 nudges at a time, and every nudge has to be authorized and looked at. 
so right now the militaries that are involved with the ICC, um, are there different, is there two factions of the Navy, like a good and a bad? Yep. With every yep. branch. Marines, yep, every branch. Yep. They don't even know. A lot of them, there's a white hat general and everybody in his command is with him, but they don't know it. They're not, they're not briefed. They're not uh, read in to what's yeah. going on. They just Everything. don't know what's going on. They're starting to learn more about what's going on now when the military is being ordered by the ICC to take the vaccine now. Or was a whoa, wait a second here. Yeah, Yeah, I know people who are just uh, resigning because they won't take the vaccine. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, Which I don't blame them. Obviously, I mean, good for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but but and they don't really understand. Well, it it alters your DNA, and and that means you can't use a. Well, they. How do you explain that to somebody? You know, how do you explain that to somebody? You know. They yeah. they silently altered the definition of a vaccine on Google that uh, and included gene modification. Uh-huh. So they're telling you, they're yeah. telling you, you yeah. know. And then people aren't they don't get it. They're like, well, why does that matter? You know, okay, so I'm still alive. So what? What does that matter? Well, well, there's these med pods that are going to come out and and it'll extend your life by 300 years. But I'm sorry, you can't use it because you were vaccinated. You know. Well, and I, I, what other effects you'll have as well? Yeah, know? there's other effects. Yeah. You become uh, uh, susceptible to diseases where you had immunities. Now, no longer you don't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I one, one argument a person had. I tried to explain them about the being genetically modified, and he said, "Well, just because something's genetically modified doesn't make it bad." Doesn't make it bad. Well, we've been chemo for two hundred fifty thousand years, so. Yeah. 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 I mean. But this yeah, one's definitely it, trying. This one's definitely trying to get rid of people. This one is to call one third of the population. Well, if you know um, who's behind the modifying, then yeah, that'll yeah. <laughs> set the red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys, you guys are well informed, and but most people aren't. Most people, they're all they're all yeah, they've also come to the propaganda. They've also come to the propaganda over their whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting hard out there. It's 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 getting tough. It's getting tough to to understand what's going on and then still go out and try and be a part of society. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. It's turning extroverts into introverts. I mean, people are you. You just don't want to. Yeah, and 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 then of course we're being warned uh, about the variant, the Delta variant. You know. Yeah. So the variants, and of course that was all planned from the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me and yeah, the ICC planned planned all this from the very beginning, but like I explained it, you know, it's because of the outer barrier. Like we yeah. can't be delivered up and they do have to call they in their minds they have to get rid of a certain percentage of the population or release suppressed technologies they don't want to release suppressed technologies so they in their minds they got to reduce us down to two-thirds of the population in order to be able to use the resources the way that we are with the current antiquated technology level so are there any you know you say all these underground bases are being wiped out um yeah. were there any underground bases that belong to the white hats that are still in operation? no no they were no the white hats and they, they didn't operate they were aware of them but all those spaces were controlled by the draco the draconian empire controlled all of those bases all of them wow yeah, so there's, over, there's supposed to be over a thousand around the world 113 in the united in the united states but i've been told that they've been cleared out but that's just part of the battle that's a, just a small part of the battle it's still a big step well yeah mm-hmm. but we are seeing all these like very suspicious earthquakes all around the, the planet that are at this very they're all at the same level they're all not they don't yeah. show up like an earthquake should show up so that shows that they are being taken out all over the planet. Yeah. Right now yeah as well, yeah. yeah. But it's still p- only part of the battle. But it's the not major, 
the yeah. major battles are between the ships out in space. Yeah. On the bases and, and destroying their bases. I don't know if you guys remember Randy talking about the battle of Ganymede in the summer of 2014. Maybe. We took out the we 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 actually petitioned the Graves for two and a half. We petitioned the Super Fed the ICC petitioned the Super Federation for two and a half years to be able to kick the Greys out of our solar system because they kept violating their treaty with us. They kept taking a million people instead of a hundred thousand people a year. Okay. Right. I got you. So then, so we got permission from the uh, the ICC, got permission uh, from the Super Federation to take out the Grace, kick them out of our solar system, which meant we were going to kick them off their major base, which is Ganymede. Now, Ganymede's the galaxy of the Galaxy Gate. So the ICC actually defeated the Grays in the, the Battle of Ganymede that Randy actually flew at. Um, and we lost half of our resources. Half of all of the U.S. military spaceships were all destroyed in the battle. Oh, wow. Which is why Space Force is being created by the ICC in order to get the money to rebuild the fleet, because they're locked in by the outer barrier. One of the so, so the Space Force is actually ICC. ICC. It's not a yeah. white no. hat operation. No, no. It's ICC way of getting more money to build to rebuild the fleet that they lost at the Battle of Ganymede in the summer of 2014. Interesting. So many people thought because Trump, you know, proposed the Space Force that it was a white hat thing. Uh, no, I mean, no. that's what we thought, you know. No, no. the White Hat's major resources uh, actually come from the Chinese. And if the Chinese hadn't developed business the way I had, I always wondered why I was told to do it. If the Chinese hadn't developed business and, and uh, made so much money, we, the White Hats wouldn't have the finances necessary to defeat the Drago now that they have. Interesting. That, yeah. So I always, I always wondered why I was told to go teach them how to do business. And I did succeed in that in that mission on December of 1990, 1985. I always wondered, now I know, it was to finance the White Hats. So White Hats couldn't get money from their own country because the ICC controlled all the military expenditures, including, uh, um, the, you know, Space Force. Space Force was really designed to rebuild the fleet that we lost in the Battle of Ganymede in 2014, summer 2014. So many people thought that Space Force is like um, going to be the one to roll out all these, like we were talking about with SpaceX, they were going to be start rolling out these, like the TR-3B, the Black Triangle craft and nope, stuff. No, nope. they want that to be, but no, no, ICC ain't rolling out no technology. No, the ICC isn't going to show you anything. Interesting. Trump was lucky, Trump was lucky to get uh, just a few patents disclosed, but they're but they're not practical. None of them. They only show you what's real. They they're not practical patents. Compact fusion is not back practical. It's too high. It's way too high. It's way yeah. too big too in order to deal with that kind of heat. It's way too expensive. Costs like sixty cents a kilowatt hour, which is way more than you're paying now for electricity. It's like that's not practical <clears throat> because it's too expensive. But so it didn't really have a practical uh, use. So Trump was only allowed to release certain things, but not really the the good tech. Yeah, we because we were all hoping that we would get some type of rollout, like on one of the Fourth of July rallies or whatever. Which on um, one of them, I saw it with my own eyes. There were three ships in the sky yeah. above the rally. There were three white light ships, basically. Um, mm -hmm. They were they were appeared in the videos and the photos. Um, yeah. No one knew they were there unless you were like zoomed in on the photo. But if you were there on the ground, you would have never seen them. Yeah, when when after the. Uh... Alliance, the Earth Alliance defeats the Draco. Oh, yeah, they'll show you all the ships. They'll show you everything. Mm -hmm. yeah, you'll get to see all the, all the bees. It's just like the uh, the Blue Angels, you know, uh, shows. Yeah. You'll bring them all, and the, you guys will all go to the ba military bases in the stands and watch all that stuff, you know. 
They'll do it. They'll show it off. Yeah, they'll just show it off. Yeah. And I kind of imagine that's like how it would be rolled out anyway, to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting. A aliens will come out of their ships and, and talk to you on speaker and everything like that. And then you're invited to come to our plant, do tours, and here's our and tour guide, and they're making the arrangements. And all the flat earthers are going to go do. You guys will go do two weeks at a time in a warp one ship specifically designed to do tours and you know one like i said one seaters two seaters four seaters eight seaters and you go out and you'll do tours of these these bases that are and all these aliens that are here um the venusians are pretty advanced i can imagine if that happens the flat earthers are all gonna have a meltdown <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well that was like that, that that was like uh uh i forgot who was telling yeah willis was telling you about that that that's just a say uh uh propaganda in order to get by yeah yeah yeah. yeah, he was explaining what that was. Yeah, yeah we know that. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. pretty obvious. I mean, every every whistleblower, every SSP person that we've interviewed, yeah, either they're all somehow wrong or delusional. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Including, you but, I mean, or... it's not a spear. You know, it's it's a toroid, but okay, but it's, it's still not flat. It's yeah. still round, you know, it ain't flat, you know. Not an infinite plane flat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why Google Earth has like the poles blurred out because they don't want you to see that for like I don't know, people claim yeah. it's like so many like I've heard that it's 1400 miles wide. I've heard it's a like 300 miles wide. Um the whole the hole, you know. Yeah. Um it, I, I, I don't know the truth, but what what the flat earther what the flat earthers are doing is they're saying why do the oceans, why does the ocean's water stay in the oceans? And it's a very good question. And you have to be an advanced physicist to answer it. See, well, they're actually we're, positing very good questions. Well, I, I always said if we were taught real physics and we understand understood the way the universe actually worked, right? Um, then no one would be a flat earther. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're not they're taught not right. teaching you the correct physics, they're not teaching you this stuff. And that's yeah. really what the flat earthers are telling you is that this is that the technology, I'm sorry, the, the knowledge, the academic uh, information and the formulas and the mathematics to, to explain why the oceans don't fall out Doesn't is something you're not being taught. That's what they're trying to tell you. They're saying you guys are being fooled. And, and so you're, you're being fooled so much that, it says that we can tell you there is this plant and you'll believe it because you, yeah. don't know the, you don't know the answer to those questions because you're not being taught the answer to those questions in your universities. Hey, I sent you the the easy proof of over unity, right? It's a two-page yeah, yeah. proof of over unity. There's an, an engineer I haven't showed that to that says that that um that that's a bunch of hooey. Wait, you should post you should post that sucker someday. Wait, what do you two, mean? He you said that page over unity. I gave you first proof. Yeah, yeah, unity. I got it. But you're saying that there isn't an engineer you there, there no any engineer that I present that to can't defeat it. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so why isn't that being taught in the universities or in the, and in the high schools? They don't want they, you to know. They yeah. don't want that. Well, that's the point. See, that's what the flat earthers are telling you is that the real science, you're not being taught the real science because you can't even answer the basic questions. That's yeah. really what they're saying. Exactly. Well, they, most of them actually believe that it's flat just because they're like, well, they lie about everything. So, of course, they're lying about the shape and it's flat. And then they have all their proof that's not right. Really yeah. And, and, and because, we, because yeah, you guys aren't getting trained properly in physics, even at the high school level, you can't defeat the argument. And that's yeah. the real confusing part. It's like, well, how, do you know how to defeat that argument mathematically? No, I don't. I was never trained to. See my point? Yeah. That's what they're trying to tell you. What they're trying to tell you is you guys are really stupid, and we kept you stupid. It's really insulting, but it's true. Yeah. Keep you guys stupid. You don't know any of the basics. The we don't even. Basic. 
We don't even know don't ourselves. Know, you don't know about the six fours, the seven fours. You don't know about the soul. You don't know. Uh, uh, you don't know about overunity. Yeah, look how easy it is for me to teach overunity. We've been humanity's been manipulated, manipulated for a really long time. So it's once the once the control and manipulation are will end. You know, there's we'll still a lot of education required. There's still a lot. Then, then the, the high schools and, and what's being taught in high schools, universities is going to change overnight. Yeah. And so you are going to look dumb when your kids come home and say this, this, and that. You're going to look like, okay, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to look at you, the dummy. The dummy. They're going to do all this stuff, and we, yeah, we're going to be like, yeah. teach us. like yeah. the baby boomers. They say, babies, you guys are going to be the dummies. Yeah. You know? Well, the yeah. kids of yeah, they'll be teaching us. You know, some right. That's, these kids point. coming in now are brilliant. Um, I wasn't that smart at that age, you know. Hey, uh, let, let me, I got to plug in my computer. It's about to die in one sec. Yeah, you're good. Um, but also, also, they don't teach us about the, uh, we don't even know that much about the human body. We know physically how it operates, but right. the, there's a whole energetic system that they don't teach us that we have right. to learn on our own. Right. How, do the med, how do the med pods work? Actually, Randy, Randy Kramer actually describes it really well. Uh, but but the technology came from studying how lizards grow their tails, how octopuses grow their uh, uh, pods. You know, yeah. Grow them when they when they're cut off and then they, it's regrow. They regrow, like, yeah. Right away. Well, that's where we learned it from studying that. Well, I, I'm sorry. I don't know if we purchased that technology or we discovered it ourselves, but whoever did it, that's where they learned it from. That's where it came from. Yeah, it makes yeah. perfect sense, actually. Uh, like everything, all that science is in nature. You, all the highly advanced science is in nature. You just like Boyd Bushman said, you just have to know how to read it. Nature speaks, just have to know how to read it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where all that came from. I believe that. I absolutely, I mean, it's pretty obvious. And nature is incredible if you stop and observe it. I mean, there is so much to learn just from watching, observing an insect all day. You know, you can, you can learn a ton. But we're just walking around in zombie mode, staring at our phones, and those trees might might as well not even be there, um, you know, to some people. Yeah, yeah, you got that, yeah. Um, All right, what else, that, guys? I, 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 Unless you have anything else you want to share, I guess. No, not, not today. We had enough time today. I'm sure we'll get together some more. Yeah. You'll have a whole list of new questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, thanks for coming on and sharing everything and, and doing this. Yeah, this was so much. incredible. Uh, I'm sure people are going to enjoy this and that this is going to be one of those, both of these episodes are going to be uh, something you're going to have to go back and re-listen to because there's so much to digest. Yeah. I talk fast. No, it's no, it's great oh, though. Amazing. It's, it's yeah. great information. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather you deliver it that way than very slow and boring. So it's, it actually works, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get together when you, after you guys absorb that, you'll have a whole list of questions. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I had, who knows what events will unfold, you know, between that time too. That we oh, then we talk about events too, as they, yeah. as they happen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks for the moderators. Um, thank you to the, uh, thanks for all the donations guys. Thank you for everything you do. But don't forget to uh, grab some CBD. If you're looking for a new CBD, you get 10% off promo code journey to truth 10. Um, if you're looking for some Teespring merch, 15% uh, off promo code CGI Joe and 10% off of the Omnia radiation balancer uh, with promo code truth in all caps. And um, guys, next spring, we are actually putting on a space program conference. We're calling it the secret space conference here in the Midwest 
And the whole purpose of it is to make a case for the secret space program. Uh, and uh, it's it's uh, lining up to be pretty awesome. So stay tuned for more details on that. Um, hopefully uh, not too much longer and we'll actually, um, tickets will be available. So uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, other than that, I think that's it. Um, unless there's any last words, Dan, for no, you. No, no. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. We'll have a great night and we will see you next time. Thanks.